It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Angel Has Fallen. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, is there a better actor to play a crazy, paranoid, gun-toting, exploding hermit than Nick Nolte? <laughs> no, there is not. And he was very I, he was very good in this movie. I, I haven't seen him since, what is that, uh, Trading Places with... Uh, uh, no, that wasn't Trading Places. What was that 48 movie? Hours? 48 Hours? 48 Hours. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's been a while. He, I mean, he's little roles here and there, but yeah, nothing super memorable. And he was my favorite part of this movie. He was fantastic. Now, there were good things up and downs about it. Um, now, I am... I just got back from the East Coast. Remember, we were talking about how I was traveling over the East Coast. But anyways, from August 13th, I flew from Phoenix all the way to Orlando, Florida. And then I had a conference there, a podcasting conference, talking about all the podcasts and stuff like that, trying to learn how to do podcasting better and all that good stuff. Then from there, from August 13th, I drove all the way up to New York City with the in an SUV with my wife and four kids, drove all the way up and sightseeing all this historic, great stuff, went through every single state, went to the World of Coke, which was super fan or super fun and fantastic. World of Coke? Like Coca-Cola? World of Coca-Cola, yeah. I've never it, heard of it. Oh, it's so awesome. You basically can taste every single flavor, not just Coca-Cola flavor, but all the brands that they own from every single different country. Like they, they bring it all there. I even got to try New Coke. You remember New Coke? Yes. I had never tried it when we were growing up because it was only out for like two days and then they took it off the shelf. It basically, what I've come up come to believe is that it was a marketing ploy, either stupid or brilliant, one of the two. But it was, hey, here's the New Coke. And then after 79 days, they took it off the shelves and brought back classic Coke. And the reason why I can say I think it's a marketing ploy is because they did it so fast and it drummed up so much excitement for classic Coke. People were clamoring for classic Coke. So anyways, I could get past that. Coca-Cola World was awesome. Went to World of Hershey or World of Chocolate. That was fun. Went to every single, as best as we could, like Battlefield and Forts and all that stuff. Went to through Williamsburg, went through um, Gettysburg, uh, every single place that we could think of. And then we ended in Washington, D.C., Sites saw all of Washington, D.C., which was terrific, and then flew back to Phoenix. So it was four weeks, a, world tr a round trip, whirlwind of so many great things, seeing so much stuff, eating lots of food, and having a lot of fun. Man, that's awesome, man. I've seen a lot of pictures on your Instagram and stuff, and it looks like you guys had a good time. I'm happy for you. Are you, you know, it's been, it's been a full month of traveling in the SUV and everything. Are you pretty happy to be home, though? I am very, very happy, especially laying in my own bed, getting to routine. I'm a routine type. Most people are, but I love having a routine, getting up, going to the gym, you know, eating breakfast, blah, 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 just doing things. I love that. And But I do love traveling. That's why I do it. But four weeks is a long time. And if anybody listening wants to see all the things we've done, we've done on this trip and all my previous trips, like going through, um, I went through Europe for uh, six different weeks or six weeks, sorry, six weeks 11 different countries we went through europe that was great and then we also went through japan six weeks um and drove all through there but anyways go to instagram i am at the dustin heiner now i'm not that arrogant i just the only one i could buy was t-h-e dustin heiner the dustin heiner so check it out you can see all the great things all the great pictures that we we took and everything 
Nice, man. Yeah, I've been I've been enjoying those. I liked quite a few of them on there. Um, what was the what was the single best part that your kids really enjoyed? I mean, it was a lot of history, which kids might be bored with history sometimes. But what was their favorite takeaway from the trip? The world of clo- Coca-Cola oh, and it was. the world of chocolate. Of course. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> the sugary those, stuff is the number one. Those are fantastic. Now, the Colonial Williamsburg was a lot of fun. Melissa, actually, all of us, we had a lot of fun. It was basically like, like a living museum of an entire city. It was really, really cool. Everybody was making old things back in the olden ways and wearing old old you know dress. That was really, really fun. But what I really liked was the was Gettysburg being able to drive through Gettysburg and and see all the amazing things from you know you have the uh, um, the south fighting the north basically the democrats fighting the, the republicans from north and and um, you have just a huge huge battlefield as you're driving around the entire um, battle and you see you sightsee every it took us literally 4 hours to drive and sightsee it, that was Fantastic. If anybody has the ability to go see Gettysburg, that drive through the entire area is amazing. Nice. One of these days, we're going to take the kids on a trip through there, too. Uh, so I'm, I'm a bit jealous that you got to go now. Uh, we were just, you know, we just stayed home. It was summertime. So just hung out, went swimming a lot and just goofed off around the house, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing. If you go to Washington, D.C., if anybody goes to Washington, D.C., you definitely need to see the monuments, which are you. you know, that's what you go there for. But it is a totally different experience if you go at night. Uh, so we went to the, during the day, but I knew it looks amazing at night. I went there at night. It is phenomenally lit at night. Like all, like um, Abraham Lincoln's, his monument is so amazing, lit up. George Washington, that um, I can't I can't remember what it's called, that you know really tall point thing, uh, monolith. That is amazing lit up. And then also the Capitol building, the White House, everything's all lit up at night is really fun. So if you go to Washington, D.C., definitely go there at night. Nice, man. Nice. So uh, speaking of D.C., this movie took place in and around D.C., you know, Angel Has Fallen. And it was the third out of a like a trilogy of movies starring starring uh, Gerard Butler as Mike Banning. And I really enjoyed the first two, but I'm kind of iffy on this third outing. What did you think of it? There was some there was some exciting parts, which was rather fun. I like Gerard Depardieu. I think he's really good at acting. Um, he's fun to watch. Um, I, but let me ask you, and it's another one of my obscure questions: Can you think of one part in the movie that irritated me pretty ir- irritatingly? That was like, oh man, I can't believe they put that in there. Oh, um, hmm. Uh, something to do, uh, something to do with shooting guns and running around and his, maybe his bullets not running out. Um, no, no, it, that was okay. There were some, some things I was like, uh, that's not as accurate as it should be, but they did a decent job, but no, it was when oh, it's cliche. You, I already, everybody, you knew you had to have known. We haven't even talked about this. I'm just assuming you knew who the bad white bad guys were from the very beginning. Yes. I knew it. Obviously, yes. and I hate it when movies do this. It's so cliche, but that's not what I hated. Oh. What I well, obviously it's cliche. I'm like, okay, you know, get, get a better storyline, whatever. Um, but what I hated was when the vice president. When you find out that's the vice president, that's bad, or right around there, the vice president literally says, "We need to make America strong again." I was like, 
you're just like stop bringing politics of like today like i'm going to the movie because they're trying to play it off like donald trump's trying to you know produce wars and stuff i'm like i don't care about any of that crap right now i just want to watch a fun movie and and, and be entertained and not be irritated by somebody some liberal hack trying to you know add something in there like hey donald trump's going to get us into wars whatever i just want to watch a movie stop being stupid I agree with you 100%. I was quite irritated by the vice president's uh, whole role in the thing. Uh, you expect him to be, as soon as they're swearing him in, you think, oh, great, this is his plan. Uh, just so much of the stuff was cliche, and uh, it's not like no- nothing snuck up on me. Not a single thing surprised me in this movie, and that's why I was I was quite bored with it the whole time. Well, not just bored, but just annoyed from almost from the very beginning, from the get-go. Like, when he's being chased through that initial building— and it's pretty obvious he's got all of his tactical gear on. They have tactical gear on too. It's a it's a it's an obvious training exercise, but these guys are falling down like they've just been shot. And I just knew from the beginning this movie would try to trick you, try to throw things at you, but it's just too predictable. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna start with my grade on it. Actually, I'll give you I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you a chance on your grade. Now I don't like tearing apart movies, but we're going to, or at least a little bit. Um, what is your grade? A D. You give it a D? Yeah, easily yeah. a D. So I give it an F+. Plus. Ah. Um, I don't think I've given very many movies an F, but um, re- it's so predictable, every bit of it. I mean, like literally every single bit of it. The only one thing that I liked was Nick Nolte, like you said. Yes. Him coming out all scraggly. He I mean, was what brought it from an F to a D for me. Ah, uh, that he's what brought it from an F- minus to you an know, F+. Plus. To <laughs> F+. Plus. Yes. And you see him like... <laughs> I loved it when he's blowing things up and then Gerard Depardieu gets up and starts running toward into it and he's blowing more things up and he runs back and says, you almost blew me up. He said, I didn't tell you to run over there. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, man. He's perfect. Like I, like I asked you in the beginning, that question, the only person who that I, in my mind could be not better, but maybe comparable is like Gary Busey, just another old actor who has just a little bit of craziness in his past you know gary Busey. i ever since i think he had like a car accident or something ever since then he's a little um i don't know Loopy. just different yeah he, he he doesn't seem crazy he just seems like he's not cognizant i mean he's still a, he seems like a great guy he's a great actor i mean point break shush, that's amazing but yeah. um Predator yeah, 2. <laughs> Predator 2. Yes, absolutely. But I think Nick Nolte did a fantastic job. I also, I really love Morgan Freeman. I think, I mean, he's a terrific, terrific actor. In this movie, it was just okay. Like, he, I didn't, it wasn't like a wowed by it because he his part wasn't that great. But um, in all, I thought that the movie had some entertaining, exciting action. But silly, when you have bad guys, I, I just literally, I wish they would always you know, consult some, some like they probably did like some military guy, but say, Hey, if I run, like if I, if there's one guy taking on a hundred bad guys, would the bad guys run up to him with a gun and try to put the gun in his back to shoot him? No, they wouldn't. He would actually shoot him from far away or it's just, it's rough. Yeah. It's weird how you would imagine they have military advisors on these movies, but they don't, or if they're told about the most boneheaded easiest obvious things the director just ignores it you know yeah i think so and you know oh one thing real real quick it just reminded me of um you know remember armageddon with um you know michael bay directing ben affleck starring in it at one point during the filming this is a story somebody's told i've heard about it ben affleck says to michael bay hey wouldn't it like logically be easier to teach astronauts to drill 
And then Michael <laughs> Bay says, shut the F up, Ben. <laughs> you know, so sometimes those directors, they don't care about logic. They just, this is our story. We're telling it. Exactly. Because you got astronauts. They're pretty smart. More than likely, they should be able to figure it out how to drill I mean, <laughs> that's a brilliant point. Yeah, I now, love Armageddon too. I mean, I give that movie an A plus. I cried during the movie. I still find it exciting. I love all the characters, but yeah, a, quite a bit illogical at times. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, th- that point where you have um, you know, Harry Stamper when he's actually saying goodbye to his daughter. You're, I mean, you're no real man can sit there and not cry because. Yeah. You're giving up your life. You're say, you're saying goodbye to your daughter. You're giving up. Hey, AJ's a good guy. Like he'll take care of. Oh, but dude, I'm just getting chills just thinking about it. That was yeah, good. Me too. <laughs> How funny <laughs> is that? So getting back to a bad movie of being Angel has fallen. Um, I oh my goodness, the beginning scene. It, they lose me when they do action, but they have the camera way too close and they're shaking the camera all the time. It just makes me want to close my eyes and not even like the the fighting. I agree with you. Now, if we look at the prior two movies, which I saw them both relatively recently within the past year, the action is good there. Gerard Butler is a little bit younger. So maybe now in his older age, you can tell in his face right now, he's a little bit puffier, not as good a shape. Maybe he just can't pull off the action like he could before. So they had to do the the shaky cam stuff to trick the audience. That's what they do because bad directors can't do anything else other than shake the camera. Like you get Jackie Chan when he's fighting or Jet Li when they're fighting, the camera's far away because they're good at acting and they're good at directing choreography. The camera's far away so you can see everything, not shaking the stupid camera. And from beyond that, even when they're just walking and talking right after, if you remember um, Stryker, like whatever his name was, um, <laughs> Stryker from X-Men. Yeah. So, um, when the uh, they're, the two are walking and he's saying, hey, come, you know, have have steaks with me and the wife. Um, when they're walking, the camera's still shaking then, too. I'm like, come on, guys. It's How handheld is trying this? to make it more personal. And I'm I don't like shaky cam stuff. No, just like you said, regardless of it being action or just plot or just exposition and talking, you know. Yeah, no. So that that wasn't very fun. Now, when one thing that I thought of and one lesson that I have, we could jump right into lessons is. When he was going through the, I guess, that little training exercise, obviously I like the lesson that if you're going to be training, you need to train like it's real life. That's why you don't stand by stairwell. I think that that was good. I really, really like that. But at the same time, so along with that, I'm going to show this whole lesson from this one scene is number one, grab your opponent's guns, like the victim's guns. They got rifles. I'd rather be carrying a rifle than a pistol and grab their magazines and stuff. And so he was just running around with a pistol the whole time. I, I literally thought that. And so I guess there's a few lessons from this. Number one, train as if you are, uh, you know, it's real because, yeah, I think the statement was, you know, train as if it's real because when it actually is, you'll be dead or something like that. That was a great line. So always train like it's real. Then also pick up your fallen um, enemies, bad, you know, their guns that are better than yours. And at the same time, beware of your surroundings. I love the fact that he dropped through that hole. I thought that was really, really cool dropping through the hole because he knew it was there. He saw something coming. He was able to jump through it. So all that combined, that's that comes up to my first lesson. Nice, man. I I love that. That's a great first lesson and a combination. I mean, you just hit a trifecta of lessons in one quick scene. That was great. And my favorite saying that goes along with that very first lesson that you said is the more you bleed in training, the less you bleed in combat. Yes, I agree with that. And I don't know where I heard that, but I always loved that one. Uh, So that's a great lesson. And and like you had just called him um, Stamp or Striker, right? Striker. Yeah, from X-Men. 
Yeah, so what's terrible about... So he's a good actor. I'm not faulting him as an actor. But when you cast somebody in your movie who's always the bad guy, and then you make him the bad guy, uh, you deserve any kind of ire that you develop in the audience from being too predictable. It's totally their fault for casting him. I completely agree. You know what would have been interesting? You can't... You, you you cast Lance Reddick as the bad guy. He's the tall black guy who's always a good guy. You always love him in movies, you know, um, John Wick series and all that stuff. I love him as an actor. If you would have cast him in Wade's role and flipped it, made him the, the bad guy, made him the director of the Secret Service, and then now the guy that you expect to be good is bad, the guy you expect to be bad is good, bam, you've tricked your audience. Better movie. Love it. That is a great idea. Yeah. Or have his wife be bad or anybody else other than anybody else other than his wife the, bad with their newborn not newborn yeah. but two-year-old or whatever yeah literally anybody than him you know than striker because he's always the bad guy you know what i wonder why did they recast the the wife maybe the prior actors didn't want to do it um but when you recast somebody who's now 20 years younger than the other woman was and now she's 20 years younger than your male lead that throws me off any movie. You think Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage and what's her name was 30 years younger. I just, I don't like that in movies when they do that. I mean, it's just silly. I, I personally do not understand it, especially when they had the actress before. Now, maybe she's, you know, turned it down or maybe they thought she was getting old. Hey, hey she's like that. <laughs> he's getting old too. It works. It does. But here's what I got to say. Top Gun is coming out. I wanted to pause briefly. Top Gun 2. I am so, so excited to see Top Gun 2, but the lady, I can't remember her name, that played the you know, the number one lady in Top Gun 1. Killing she's not lo- Yeah, she's not looking as as hot nowadays, so I could see why you would not want to <laughs> recast her. Not, I'm trying try not to be rude, but she's just not the same. It's so, no, it, well, when you're 30 years later, you can't be, but... Absolutely. I, I don't know. I just, I like it for believability's sake when the two people who are married or in a relationship, when their ages are closer. Because that's how 99% of relationships, maybe 95% of relationships are, you know? Yeah. I mean, even six years, right? Six years is okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. That's me and my wife. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But six years, when you look at people, you can't see a six year difference. Not, Definitely. Not when they're older, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it just felt weird because. They have, he is what, 55 and Mm -hmm. he's getting old and they have a, you know, one and a half year old and his wife looks, it it just, oh, well, hey, it could work, but you don't see it that that often. That kid should have been a nine year old. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, wow, he's about ready to retire and, or, you know, be promoted to, you know, uh, it it just, it just, mm. plus how old he looks. He looks pretty darn old. Yeah, he does. He does look old. And uh, one of the things about this movie and sometimes other movies is, what, sometimes I'm watching a movie and I'm presented with an idea, with, with a plot, with actions by characters and just feels flimsy. It feels hinky and off, right? I just, I can't get beyond it. Like you have Mike Banning, right? He is a model American, a model Secret Service agent. He saved the president twice, the White House once. He rocked it in London before. Sure, it looks like he did it, but it also looks like a textbook setup job. Everybody that works with him, the vice president, everybody in the White House should be on his side. And yeah, maybe you can lock him up, but you don't automatically charge him as guilty. You don't come on the news and say it. It's it's just so idiotic that this guy is now a, 
a bad guy in their eyes after this one event. Now, I know the whole Secret Service team was killed and he was the only one to live, but come on, give him the benefit of the doubt. If anybody could live through that, it's him, right? Absolutely. I absolutely hated that within two seconds, it's him. You know, yes. it, he is, he's the killer. And you got Jada Pickett Smith, which I'll talk to her about her in just a second. Um, oh, like, rather, <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a train wreck. It's like 40 miles of dirt road. But <laughs> so we got Jada Pickett Smith come in and said, we got this, we got this, we got this, and you're the bad guy. So you're arresting him. Like what the crap? If I wanted to kill the president, I was standing right next to him. I could have done it. Just, oh, it's so stupid. But then you have... Uh, in the whole process of them trying to go after him, it's like you would have given at least the benefit of the doubt and not arrest him, not all that sort of stuff. And uh, it, I really didn't. That was such sloppy writing, in my opinion. Like in two seconds, the flip around. But what I really like in one movie was Minority Report with um, shoot uh, Tom Cruise. Minority Report with Tom Cruise at the very, very end, you know, Tom Cruise is starting to get, uh, he's basically getting set up and then Colin Farrell gets to the scene where it shows, oh man, every evidence is pointing towards Tom Cruise's character. But the, um, uh, Colin Farrell's character says, man, this is an orgy of evidence. You know, all the times I fight in crime, how many times I've seen this? None. Literally none. This is absolutely set up. There's no way there's this much evidence in one spot. We have to look deeper. Not and from this, this super smart cop who knows what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, but you got Jada Pickett-Smith, who, who uh, whatever. Uh, she's just like, okay, you're automatically the bad guy. And his boss is like, yes, you're the bad guy. Even though you saved his life three times. You know, you, you, oh my goodness. It's yeah. just, the, yeah. You just reminded me of another movie called The Negotiator with Kevin Spacey and Samuel L. Jackson. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Well, Samuel L. Jackson is a cop. He's set up to make it look like he stole the pension from all the other cops out of his New York precinct. And Kevin Spacey comes in as the because because he he he, uh, he took people hostage to to try to prove his innocence or whatever. But Kevin Spacey comes in and says, oh, my gosh, all of you guys are friends with him. Why are you all now against him? Um, this seems really weird to me, too. So the same kind of thing that you just mentioned mm. happened in The Negotiator. And it makes movies so much better when your characters are seeing through mm, uh, seeing through the subterfuge, like you as an audience member, as these characters are using logic to solve the problem. The same thing as we're watching the movie. We're using logic, and we know that this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be bad. Um, and, so, and so I love it, like you just said, when characters follow that logic and do the right thing and notice the right thing, you know? Yeah, and now that you brought it up, I do remember all that. That's that's yes. It's it's like, oh man, the character is smarter than than like they're not they're not trying to lead us on too much. Anyways, I I really like that. It's very very smart. And but I do want to bring up, oh my goodness, Jada Smith. What is the deal? I know you're getting old. Go old grace, gracefully. Like don't be shoving botox in your face. At least I'm never going to do that. I mean, you might like it, but it just makes you not look very I guess normal. I, I I don't know. What are your thoughts? 100%. This actually leads into my second lesson. It's don't get plastic surgery. When, when anybody, it doesn't matter who, Meg Ryan, her, Elizabeth Taylor, anybody, plastic surgery, we know what you look like from seeing you as an actress for 20 or 30 years. When you do that plastic surgery, it throws everybody off. It takes you right out of the movie. It screws everything up. Now, I feel sorry for Will Smith because 
he can't tell his wife that. He can't tell her, oh my God, honey, this was the worst decision ever. I hope before she got the plastic surgery, he said, look, look at these pictures of all these other actresses. This is basically going to be you, right? Oh, I feel sorry for him that she did that to her face. She looks freaky now. <laughs> she doesn't look good. It's just, no. and at some t- some shots, she looked really bad. And maybe she really had to wear the beanie. Like for some reason, she was wearing the beanie way too much. But it's just sad. Maybe she had to like cover something or, uh, but man, I just feel bad for her. And obviously Will Smith too. It's just, uh, when you, I guess it's just vain glory. You know, you keep going after that. But you look at like, um, Charlton Heston or um, uh, Sean Connor, you know they go old gracefully. A bunch of ladies I can't think of any off the top of my head, but just go well, old, Helen Mirren. Old, who's that? Um, uh, she's from Red. I mean, she's been in hundreds of different. Oh movies. yes, she's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and she looks normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. she looks normal. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yep. So, and anybody th- who gets plastic surgery, you see it in a heartbeat, and it throws you off. You should never get it. Yeah, I agree. So that's a great, great lesson. Um, Mm -hmm. My next lesson is I would literally be like John Wick running or whenever I'm running and I would grab somebody's cell phone that's a smartphone and start running off with it. Like I, or figure out a way to steal a cell, a smartphone or get a smartphone. And I would literally be live streaming everything. I would put it out everywhere and, you know, dump, dump that phone, keep moving, grab another one. I would be live streaming everything and explaining literally everything what's going on this has happened this has happened i'm set up blah 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 i would absolutely be telling the entire world even though that might not work it might work some a little bit so let's go ahead and do that 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 is such a good idea man i'm gonna remember that if i'm ever on the lamb for something i didn't do facebook live stream baby Yes, exactly. YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Twitter too. I'm everywhere. Every uh, yes, I, I'll be like Gary V. I'll be like Gary V. Be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. But oh. it, it's just it just seemed like common sense because he's not able. To, he's not telling anybody. He you know he risks his life to go tell his wife what's going on. I wouldn't do that. I would risk my life to put it out everywhere and say, "Hey, honey, here's me." Blah blah blah. But this is what happened, and everybody watching this, this is what happened. This this uh, absolutely put it out, and it would immediately. Like literally in two seconds go viral. As soon as one person saw it, the news will get it. It will go absolutely viral. Even if they try to discredit it, it's still out there trying to help you out and say, why would I try to kill the president? I tried it. I saved him four times now. And, you know, I literally stood right next to him. Anyways, all that sort of stuff. Live streaming would have been fantastic. I agree with you. And that kind of goes to what would have been my Monday morning quarterback. Initially, when he was in chains, the cops are taking him away. They get ambushed. All the cops die. And then all the bad guys die. That's when you just stop. You stay there. You wait for the FBI, the Secret Service to come. You say, hey, look, these guys killed all the cops. I'm still here. I'm not guilty. Check out who these guys work for. And then bam, your problem is solved. You don't need to go on the run, Mike. Well, yes and no. He's thinking he doesn't know who to trust. Obviously, he knows which company it is. But at the same time, we he doesn't really... I can understand why he would keep running. You know what I mean? But I definitely, when he wrote that sign, like he should have done it sooner, obviously, as soon as he figured it out. But, you know, when all of them went to the house or the mountain hill in West Virginia, which I've been in West Virginia. That's why I, I just was... Actually, it was kind of fun. We were driving through West Virginia and I played that song. You remember... Um, what's that movie? It's part. It was part two. Um the old guy, or the, the one guy started singing it, the hench, uh, Kingsman. So in oh, part yeah, two, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, part two, you have the the guy steps on the landmine, and he's just about to ready to die. He starts singing to get the attention, and he starts singing Old Country Road, you know, West Virginia, take me home. I thought it was great. Anyway, so we were driving through West Virginia. Brought me back up thinking about that, talking about the mountain being blown up. All that to say, writing on the wall, literally saying these guys work for this company, really, really smart because now it gives them a new lead on what to do. Yes, I love that point that, or that idea that he had totally. You're right about that. And what's interesting is that led to, oh man, uh, one, one of my least favorite scenes. That led to Jada Pinkett Smith's FBI character going to confront Wade and then Wade suddenly killing FBI agents and their pilot on your base. Isn't that the dumbest thing? Like you should realize the FBI knew where Jada Pinkett and her partner were going. You just murdered them on the base. They know where they, you're guilty now. There's there's no escaping this. I agree. So, I mean, another flaw or just crap in the story writing, it just seems so awkward. Let me just, you know, put a bullet in him. I just didn't understand that. It just didn't seem, I mean, he might be thinking, okay, well, now I have the new president on my side. You know, I might be able to get out, but I, I just, that was really awkward. For sure. There's no way to explain FBI agents yep. disappearing after they go to your abandoned military base. And it looks like you are uh, in, in a conspiracy behind all this stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I we, I could rip out rip apart the story yeah. so much. Even, even just like uh, having a grenade right next to Gerard Depardieu and he throws a dead body on top of it and he gets blown up. And he's still up and around. Like, he went through so much. Not saying, like, you know, commando, obviously. Remember Arnold Schwarzenegger literally, yeah. you know, killing everybody. It just It was, that was, uh, that's commando. So, I don't think Gerard Depardieu is a, a necessary commando like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But there was so much going on that I was like, man, how is he still moving around? But you got the same thing like John Wick. John Wick, I just watched John Wick on the airplane fight riding back, John Wick 3. I'm like, how is that dude still moving around? He's been beat up so bad. He has. But, uh. But yeah, there's so many holes or so many issues that I just, it has to be a, I, you know, after we talk about it, I'm going to give it an F, solid F. I'm going to take away the plus. You gotcha. Okay. <laughs> F sounds good to me. I'm still, I'm going to stick with the D just because Nick Nolte saved it. Um, and, uh, well, well, let's just, let's just do the last of my lessons, right? The, my second lesson or third lesson is it's better to know when to quit than to stick around and hurt your loved ones. And Nick Nolte said something along those lines, but when you're just screwed up and you can't do anything right, maybe it is better, uh, to leave like he did, you know? I, I can see that, but he knows now that he regretted, he regrets it now, yeah. but maybe he changed for the better. Now he's realizing what he has back then he did it. So I don't know. I I think you should try to do your best to change at any point, but, uh, oh, well he, he made his decision. Now he's trying to correct it. Yeah. Cool deal. What's a, another lesson of yours? So basically I'm just looking at the entire movie saying, don't make crappy movies. I guess just yes. I don't have any other lessons. Um, I was trying to come up with other lessons. The only other Monday morning quarterback that I have is goes along with my lesson. Like he literally should have been live streaming every bit of that instead of calling his wife live stream so that it goes to his wife as well as everybody else. That's definitely something that I would have done. Yeah, I like that. My Monday morning was they should have just killed Banning and disposed of the body because that was the plan, right? Make it look like he did it, then make him disappear. Just kill him. Why are you trying to take him somewhere and give him the chance to escape? He's like the most formidable, resourceful guy ever. Yes, I definitely agree. Oh, I did have one lesson. Oh. Um, another lesson that came out. I, I didn't write it down, but now I we were just talking about it, brought it up. I loved how both of the bad, you know, the bad guy and uh, the good guy, they're both lions. 
and they act like lions. I completely think that's fantastic. I love that. And when um, he was being, uh, the police were taking him away when they first captured him. And then the bad guys came and, and took him out of there, you know, dragging him to whatever location. I don't know what they're going to do with him. But he didn't wait. He didn't say, you know, let me just sit around and wait to whatever's going to happen and see then. He's like, no, I'm going to take him out now. Or at least I'm going to die fine, you know, trying right now because I'm a lion. And that's, you know, I, a lot of, I, oh, one thing that was horrible about, um, uh, not say horrible about the trip, but have, we watched, walked through the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., you know, where the, uh, the socialists in, the national socialists in, they call them Nazis, but they're actually national socialists in Germany. The socialists took all the Jews and literally killed as many Jews, like uh, millions of Jews, and killed them all. So all the socialists did that, but at the same time, you know, they were being led like sheep, you know, to a slaughter, and the socialists just killed them all. I was thinking, man, I need to be a lion. Like, if that is happening, I need to be a lion and actually do something that is going to either save me or my family because just being led to the slaughter, that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, we talked about that lesson two uh, episodes ago with that final third Pirates movie, too. Yeah, definitely. And that holds true here as well. You're right. Cool deal. So my very last lesson is uh, simple plans are the most effective. Now, these guys, their plan was just too fantastical. All you got to do is kill the president if you want to stop his anti-military contractor uh, deal, right? Why set somebody up for the fall? Why kill all the Secret Service guys? Just send one drone or maybe five drones, blow up that ship and you're done. Or boat, Absolutely. I mean to say. Absolutely. I mean, why? yeah, so all those drones that came out, why did they attack the Secret Service first? Just literally every single one of them on the president. Yep. yep. I mean, seriously, why? Well, the reason why was to set up banning so he's the only one alive. But why set him up? Just kill the president. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you could have set him up. You know, plant all the evidence and all that sort of stuff. But kill the president first and then kill everybody else. Like, that's the end goal as a president. Start there and then go yeah. backwards. True. You know what bums me out about these kinds of movies? Military contractors. So these were guys who were in the Navy, in the Army, in the Marines. Uh, they exited, and now they don't know what to do, so they get hired on with these private companies. And then now you're telling me they're willing to go in and kill 50 Secret Service guys? They're willing to kill the president? They're willing to set bombs up, blow up a hospital? You're telling me that? I and highly were, doubt that. And there were hundreds of them. Yes. Hundreds. And they, they didn't get anybody that was against that plan, which mm -hmm. is rather funny. I've known plenty of service um, uh, veterans. Basically, they went through the service. And I love veterans. I, I love people who are serving. I, I just think they do a terrific job ser um, protecting us. Oh, we also traveled through the Pentagon or did sightseeing through the Pentagon. That was really, really cool. But I've literally never seen anybody, um, any veteran, anybody that's currently list, you know, enlisted that doesn't that that would ever do anything like that. Now they maybe get one or two because you know the money's high, but shoot, they would not like just say, "Okay, you told me about that you're going to take out the president. I'm okay with that," or "I'm not okay with that, but I'm not going to go anyway." It just I, I didn't like that at all. I don't like that at all. Yeah, neither do I, and I hate it when movies do that. Uh, and, and so that's another knock against this one, but. Oh man, I'm 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 tempted to go down to an F, but Nick Nolte just <laughs> brought it up. For, oh, I loved when he saved the family. I, yes, I that was that was amazing. I I wasn't ready for that. I thought, oh crap! Now the family's going to get kidnapped. Now he needs to save the president and the family. No, no, no. Nick Nolte put a stop to that. He was in the right place at the right time. Loved that. Yes, definitely. So he definitely did a made the movie much more enjoyable than it actually was. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, you know, I think we bagged on this enough, at least from my aspect. Is there any last negative stuff you want to say? <laughs> I don't even want a prop. That movie sucked. I don't even want it. Like, I, I couldn't don't even remember. come up with a prop, man. Yeah, the only thing possibly would be one of the drones, the CGI drones that even they had. Then. But even then, I'm like, yeah, I don't even want to remember this movie. I don't so want to I'm be passing. remembered these military contractors willing to kill Secret Service agents and civilians. So, Yep, absolutely. Cool bean. So uh, what a bummer of a choice. I made this choice for the movie. But so does it's your choice next week. What are we going to learn from? We are going to learn from a new movie that just came out. It's called Ready or Not. You know, I've heard good things about it, so I'm looking forward to it. I love the action movies in general, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I'm not a big horror movie fan, so this is not necessarily a horror movie. It's more action with, like, you know, obviously needless, you know, death. But <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited about it. At least it looks pretty cool. It looks like it has some decent acting in it. So I looked at also the Rotten Tomatoes, and it, it looks like it actually, you know, audience is liking it, which I gravitate towards the audience, not necessarily to the critics. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Good. What's the audience score? 87 not to show oh, yeah totally 87 is great man i'm down with that let's do yeah. it cool let's do it all righty well thank you so much everybody for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend and of course you know how much uh we may be disliked <laughs> this movie angel has fallen but we do want to hear your thoughts so tell us any life lessons that you learned or your own monday morning quarterback by going to the show notes at watch and learn podcast.com slash pod 65 and leave a comment there Alrighty then my name was sky and this is dusty and we will return next week with ready or not ready or not